Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. One, two, three, four... Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Welcome to Insights, everyone. Our guest today is Kansas City native Samantha Fish, the magnetic and original blues rock and Americana artist behind the new studio album, Faster, which is available now via Rounder Records. If you know Samantha already, you know she has a great sense of fashion and great musical taste. And she loves performing, especially her new songs. She recorded the new album, on which she channels her blues heroes, but always gives it a unique spin, at the Village Studios in Los Angeles, a recording complex housed in a 1920s Masonic temple. This record's a snapshot of where she was in 2020, and ultimately, it's an album about being bold. We're so glad we were able to catch up with her on the show today to discuss the new album and what she's been up to recently. So without further ado, here's Amy Wright with Samantha Fish. Samantha, welcome to Diddy TV. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a while since we've connected, but we love you here. You played the concert series. We talked then about being from Kansas City and, and what that meant to you and growing up in a musical family. So how has the last year and a half been for you? Were you in New Orleans or? Yeah, I was um, in my, my new home base, New Orleans. And um you know, I think for everybody, like it, it was the same as for everybody, very, um, very strange. And, you know, at times it was like, okay, here and there. And then other times I was kind of going stir crazy and losing my mind and, you know, just trying to figure out like, what am I supposed to do? You know, cause as a musician, it was like everything that you work for, for so long. And, and, you know, it's a touring game in a lot of ways. And so to, to have that really go away, you know, this major aspect of my life, um, was, was, definitely something to deal with and like to kind of, you know, work around. But I, I just sort of channeled all my energy into creativity and, you know, working on songs for the new record. Um, you know, so it was kind of, you know, a double-edged sword. I, I, I look at it and like, I had such a great opportunity and a great time working on these songs. And I never really had the opportunity to just completely slow down and write because 
every record I'd ever done was like from hotel rooms and between shows, you know? So to remove that kind of stress or overall, you know, priority, I guess, was uh, in, a, in a way a little, a little nice um, to, to just focus on, on writing stuff. I always wonder when you're not touring and you're sitting at home, does that open up your, yourself to more creativity or does it take away some of the experiences that you're having that, that you write about in a song, for example? A little bit of both. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It was, it was not always easy to be inspired within the four, you know, same four walls, I guess. There were some days where I, I had, you know, I would wake up and I was like, all right, well, the only thing I have to do today is write a song. And, you know, some days you do it and you do it well. And then other days it's like, oh man, massive failure. I could not <laughs> find the creative spark to, to get this done. But the, the point is that you just get up every day and do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there were times where having that time off, it gave me time to just sort of, you know, you're not caught up in the daily grind. So you have more time to think and be introspective and, you know, uh, work on, work on writing. I think writing takes a certain amount of Zen. So I had plenty of that. Do you think that there is something that you've learned that you will keep from the last year and a half now that you've had that time off and created maybe, maybe there was a silver lining there? Yeah. I mean, I, I would have never slowed down unless something happened that forced me to, and it was, you know, that happens in all different kinds of ways. Um, but you know, now that, now that I know it's like, okay, you can be productive. And, and I, I felt like I, I kind of enjoyed the approach to writing when I had more time to just focus on that. Cause it is difficult when you're doing 10 million things and trying to do something that's huge, you know, like making an album, it's really big and you don't want to, you don't want to only have like a little bit of attention on it. It's kind of nice to be able to focus that much creative energy towards something like that. So, you know, I, I definitely am going to, you know, go into this new, you know, now, now we're going back into touring and everything, but I'm kind of taking a, a new sense of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to prioritize more, you know, around albums, maybe not touring, you know, 250 shows a year. Like maybe I can, maybe I can take some time for me and, you know, make this, you know, do this a little differently. So I'm not, you know, burning the candle at both ends all the time, but I don't think I would have ever done that had there was had there not been some type of forced thing, you know? Sure. Sometimes it's, it's an experience like that where you're forced to take, um, you know, take a little time off that you, you can become more, a little more introspective and yeah. reevaluate where you are with things. Um, so how is new Orleans in general? It's your adoptive hometown. Is it coming back to life post COVID? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say so. I mean, new Orleans is constantly like, I mean, they, we just had the hurricane down here. And so it's like, now it's like coming back from COVID and then that's coming back from the hurricane, <laughs> but there's resilience here that I'm just such a fan of. Like the city doesn't, you know, stop being the city. It, it's going to continue being new Orleans. And there's a, there's a real spirit here that, um, you know, it's undeniable. So I, you know, I, I think it's, it's working its way back from COVID. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody's got different opinions about that. But from what I see, it's like life is starting to return to some kind of normalcy. It's exciting to see live music returning everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, 
just carefully optimistic or, you know, what is, what's, is that the saying? Cautiously optimistic. (laughs) Cautious. Thank you. Cautiously optimistic because, you know, we've, we've been through this a couple of times now where it's like, and we're done. It's like, Oh no, you're not. (laughs) We're swinging back into it. So, you know, I'm trying to just be optimistic and positive about it, but I, I, I know people are hungry for it. I mean, from, from the bit of touring that we've done already, it's like, you know, people want to get back out. They want to see live music. It's, it's like, um, you know, it's a big part of a lot of people's lives and just that social element and, you know, the connective factor of live music. It's really important. Absolutely. Is there, is there a favorite watering hole in New Orleans you like? Favorite watering hole? I don't know if I have one. Um, let there's me so many about... in New Orleans. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, there's more bars per square mile here than anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I really haven't been out to a bar in New Orleans in such a long time. I like the the creepy hole in the wall type, uh-huh. you know, places. So, but you know, I, I don't think I could ever work my way through like the bar experience in New Orleans if I tried, you know. I know there's so many. It's such a great city. I love it. Um, yeah. So Faster is your new album and it came out in September, right? Yeah, it came out uh, September 10th. And um, yeah, it was really really cool i mean i love the process of making the record i love the songs i love performing them now like getting to like kind of flesh them out with the band has been really um i don't know just refreshing i guess you know you're adding a whole new set set of songs into the show and it's just you know it's exciting so where did you record it uh los angeles at the uh village recorder village studios so why did you pick that particular studio well, um, my producer, Martin, kind of introduced me to the studio. And when he sent me the link for it and was like, hey, you know, what do you think about doing the record here? I mean, if you look at the histori- the history of who's recorded there and what's been recorded there, it's like some of my favorite albums of all time and my favorite bands like The Stones, Fleetwood Mac. Um, uh, you know, I'm like looking at all the, the gold records on the wall, you know, it's, it's or the, you know, platinum records, really. Everybody's recorded there. So, I mean, there's like, there's definitely um, this uh, kind of bar. And I'm like, yeah, that's where I want to make my next record. You know, it's going to be really inspiring. So, and I've never done one on the West Coast before. Oh, really? It's your first time on the West Coast to record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always done, I've done a lot of recording in the South and Midwest. I think, I, yeah, I did one in Detroit and um, a lot of stuff in the South, Louisiana, you know, Memphis a couple times in Memphis. Um, See, so it was kind of, you know, everywhere you go to record has a different energy and a different vibe. And sure. This record definitely felt like, a, you know, it's, it's, got, it's got a different energy. And you know, the West Coast, I think, had a little part to play in that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very amped up. It's rock. I was saying it's, it's just, I love it, by the way. I was Thank listening you. to it and I, it's just, it's so out there. So Martin... Kurtzenbaum, you know, he's, he's produced Lady Gaga, he's produced Sting and other artists. What do you think he brought to the, the mix with your, with your album? I first connected with Martin last summer, like, you know, in 2020, he just reached out and said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know. I mean, we, we have a Kansas city connection actually, which is kind of cool. Like he has family in Kansas city. I'm from there. So he just sort of reached out because, you know, he knew we were both connected in that place and thought, he just wanted to tell me he liked what I was doing and um, just keep doing it. And it was kind of a weird call to get in the middle of the pandemic because it was like I wasn't doing I didn't feel like I was doing anything, you know, 
So it was just nice and like a good little, it, it was a motivator for me. And, and we just kept talking and I realized like over the course of our conversations, like, man, he's, he's done things that I would love to do. Like he's the perfect guy to take on this next chapter and help me shape these songs. And so we started collaborating and co-writing and really what I think he really truly brought to the session was just this like expertise with, um, you know, arrangements. He's really incredible with arrangements and, and um, the production quality and layering and, and making things really dramatic. And, um, and he just gets good sounds, you know, really good sounds, um, a really great keen ear for, for pop production and, um, and a great attitude. You know, he was very motivating to me and it was like, it made me feel good to work with him. And so I felt like the, the things that we were writing about were more I felt like last year the record could have been, it could have gone either way. It could have been a real bummer. You know, it could have been real sad and, um, you know, down. But I felt like a lot of because of my partnership and friendship with Martin, I felt really empowered. And like, so the record kind of came off that way. It's got a confidence and a swagger. I think he helped really draw that out of me. It definitely has a confidence and a, and a, and a swagger. Um, I also, I was reading that he, his nickname is Cherry Cherry Boom Boom. And I was wondering if you actually got to the bottom of the nickname. <laughs> yeah, I think what he told me is that Lady Gaga nicknamed him that when they did the fame. Oh. They were actually standing in the very same studio where I was recording at the village and she sang into the mic something, of, you know, she's like, you need a nickname and it's Cherry Cherry Boom Boom. And, and that became his whole, you know, that's his nickname. I, I could totally see her doing that. Yeah. Uh, well, this album is is so amped up and rocking, and it's and there's really some empowerment, female empowerment in there, and I was wondering where that came from. You're coming out of this whole year and having, like you said, it could have been a sad, could have been a sad album, but it wasn't. It's it's you know it's very powerful. So where did that come from? I, I think just writing from the place of like, you know, I when I get done writing a song that I felt was like you know, just really, I don't know, like you say, empowering or, you know, had like a, a, a confidence about it. I felt more confident, like after it's like, yeah, you know, that's me. And, and I, I don't know, I guess I was just writing more for how I wanted to feel and where I wanted to be and how I wanted to make people feel. And, you know, and, and that's been kind of a cool thing about hearing people and how they relate to these songs is that it gives them that same feeling too, you know, like a motivator. Like I have people tell me they put it on in the morning and it just like motivates them through their day. I'm like, that's so cool. Cause that's, that's exactly like what I needed a kick in the ass in 2020. And these songs kind of did that for me. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that it does it for other people too. Well, everyone knows you're a righteous guitar player and, <laughs> uh, and that you've been playing rock and blues and obviously jazz and some other things and this is just a straight up rock album as far as i can i can tell it's yeah pretty, it's pretty rock and roll it's pretty yeah. rock and roll and and i was just wondering if it was really it's really fun for you to play the songs and to go out and tour tour yeah. for the album you know i i think um like the genre thing is interesting because to me you know when we go out and we put it in the show um the way that it mixes in with my older stuff, it, it all like kind of fits really well together dynamically. Like everything kind of matches in a way. Um, just the way that we, we kind of structure the set and everything flows and moves. But, you know, when I was like focusing on how I was going to perform these songs in the studio, you know, approaching it as like a, 
it, it, you know, something that might be like a real rock song. I'd try and like channel, you know, some of my, my blues heroes and like, see, how can I, how can I ground this back to something that feels authentic to me and, you know, really give this like a unique spin that maybe you wouldn't expect it to take. And um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many different ways you can, you can take stuff on the guitar and um, you know, it's been really fun and challenging and exciting for me to do it live and stretch the songs out. It's, it's been really, really, really cool. In general, do you feel that when you produce an album that it sort of represents where you are in, in your life at that point in time? Totally. It's a snapshot. Um, I've always kind of approached it like that. And, and I think that's like, you know, you, you kind of come up, I've ended up with some quasi conceptual records that way, because, you know, we went to Detroit and made a, an album with, with brass and, and um, covering songs for chills and fever. And then the very next record I put out an Americana album and it was all, a lot of it had to do with where we chose to record, who we chose to bring into the studio, the songs we chose to record. And I mean, it's everything, but you know, so it was like a snapshot of that moment. And this is another snapshot of, you know, where I was in 2020 and, um, it, it'll it probably continue to evolve from here. What strikes me about you as an artist is that you create music for yourself, not not for other people, and and you you build it. They will come, and and that's I think that's a beautiful thing. Thanks. I I mean I try to I I definitely try to like you know consider who who likes what I've done in the past and. That's always the that's always the line you're trying to straddle is like, okay, let's do something that is authentic to, you know, like I, I gotta stay authentic to myself in my sound, but I also have this urge to go out and like, you know, I, I, I wanna do all kinds of things, but how do you ground it back to like, you know, partially who you are and what do people expect from you? And I I do, I mean, I try to please myself because I feel like something that I've gotten from people over the years that they've said. And so I, you know, we, I love watching you perform because you really feel it. It's like in order for, and I feel like in order for me to feel it, I have to really love it. And, you know, so that's part of it is just kind of chasing down the things that speak to you. And, and then you can, you can sing it and sell it with conviction on the stage and hopefully make people feel good too. I, I mean, that's, it's, it sounds so selfish. I mean, I, I try to make it for everybody, but yeah, I mean, you got to please yourself first, right? I, I think so. I think that if you're doing it for yourself, then people are going to follow Yeah. because it's about you as an artist and, and they love you as an artist. And I think they'll kind of follow you down your path. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I, I guess Bob Dylan learned <laughs> yeah. a thing or two about that occasionally. <laughs> and he tried so hard to, to lose everybody, but they, they loved him no matter what. It right. Seems. Exactly. They just, they stuck to him. Uh, and and you, you're an amazing live performer, by the way. I'm putting it Thank out you. there because I've seen you live and I don't know who's going to listen to this exactly, but I'm going to say right here, when Samantha Fish comes to town, you should go see her because you just, you put on a show and Thank you. where does that come from? And were there artists that you saw live when you were young, younger growing up that you thought, I want to be like that? Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started going and seeing shows, I think that's when the switch flipped for me because I, I came into this first as a fan of music and a fan of live performance. And the feeling that I would get from watching somebody up on a stage, 
you know, really putting everything they had into whatever they were doing, whether singing, playing guitar, both, you know, whatever instrument, just that, that passion spoke to me so, so much. And, you know, to me, the more, the more convicted, the more it left um, an impression on me. And, you know, I, I think that was, it just, it kind of took hold of me. I was like, I want to go out there and I want to, I want to feel this and I want to affect people. I want to have an effect. And, and I, I started, you know, I, I started playing guitar and singing when I was 15 and I think it didn't really take hold of me until I started seeing live performance. You know, I mean, it was just something I did, but when I started actually getting into that environment and then, you know, realizing as like a 16, 17 year old kid from Kansas, there is actually a way to, you know, turn this into a business and start working and getting out on the road. Cause you know, all I knew was, you know, you start from nothing and, and then you see the people on TV and I didn't know how to get from point A to point B. So, you know, seeing live music was really inspiring to me and just really, um, you know, it, it, it motivated me in so many ways. And did your career sort of just slowly evolve and did it become clearer to you what that path was as you went along? Yeah, my, my career, like, I, I think back to how I started and how I put things together. Um, and it's like a miracle that anything happened for, <laughs> for me, the way that I started and like put stuff together. I, I put together a band and just literally crack open the phone book in Kansas City and call every, every restaurant or bar and just like try and solicit gigs, even, even places that didn't have bands performing. I tried to get out there and then like just if I could just win them over and make a fan and, you know, if the, the word would, word of mouth would, would spread and we would get more and more and more and more. And it, it really was very like homegrown and grassroots like that. And as I started to kind of expand my calendar in Kansas city, I, you know, before I knew it after six, some, I don't even remember how long it took, but I'd have like a full week's calendar. And it was like, now I can keep a band busy enough that they'll stay with me. And then I started thinking, okay, how can I get a van? Well, maybe I should make a live record. And then how can we go start touring regionally? You know, okay. So just all these little pieces had to fall into place and it just happened like that for a while, you know, and then I, and then I caught a good break um, with the girls with guitars thing, working with roof records, mm -hmm. a friend of mine recommended me for that. And so that was my first like real lucky break that changed, you know, kind of, kind of helped me jump up a few rungs on the ladder faster than I was going. And, and it's, it's just things like that that sort of, you know, help me build and um, do, you know, get to where I am right now too. And probably to get the confidence level to think I can do this, right? I can yeah. make this. Yeah. I, I get, because it's nice when you have little things along the way that reinforce that you've made the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, looking back, they might feel small, but at the time it was like, it was so huge, you know, to be able to get a weekly, you know, several weekly gigs just to hold down like my calendar so that I could start, you know, focusing on getting bigger things on weekends and going out of town. I mean, it feels like, you know, to me now it's like we, since we tour a lot, it, it, it's, you lose touch with how that felt sometimes. And it's good to remind yourself, like, these aren't small things that happened. They were very meaningful and they meant a lot. And, helped to, you know, just push you forward and down the road. And also to remember that, you know, every artist at one point, there were 10 people in a room watching and then mm -hmm. now you're playing clubs and big venues and 
all those things, but you kind of have to work your way up the, the ladder. You do. You gotta, you gotta put the time in. It's like a woodshedding, paying your dues, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. I mean, you have to put the time in and you know, it happens for some people faster than others. It happened for me faster than it happens for a lot of people, you know? And, um, but I just always feel like if, if you have something to say and you have a unique, unique way of saying it, if you just keep at it, something's going to happen for you that you're going to look at and, and feel like, you know, it's a, it's a break in the right direction. Let's talk about some of the songs on the album. And uh, you had some really cool artists that were playing with you too on the album. Tell me about some of those guys and what they brought to the table. Yeah. So Martin brought in his, you know, his, his, the best of the best. And uh, Josh Freese was the first name that was sent to me. And, you know, I, I had known a little bit about his work, but as I started to really research him more and more, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, he's way, 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 way overqualified and so good. And he's played with some of my favorite bands. Um, you know, he currently does stuff with like Sting and The Offspring and Devo and he played Nine Inch Nails. And I was like trying not to geek out over that. I'm like, is Trent Reznor nice? Yeah. <laughs> So that was really cool. And he just, that's, that's just his resume, but him as a person and the way he plays, oh my God, the guy is like, he's so incredibly like his feel is just perfect. And he, he has a way of like, he can lay it down exactly how you want it. And then he's like, okay, now let me do one. That's like the Josh Freese take. And he'll do something so incredible that you're like, man, I would have never even known to ask you for that. So, you know, just super seasoned, very professional, passionate, um, Diego Navarro from the Lost Bandoleros. Um, he's in a band, the Lost Bandoleros that Martin manages and he brought Diego in and man, he just, he, he just fall, fell right into the pocket and he plays, he plays just so well. And his tone is incredible. You know, as a guitar player, looking at a bass player, I'm like, yeah, it's, I just, I don't know. He, he's a freak of nature and so, so good and so sweet, you know, but we kept the session really small. Cause I mean, we were still doing it during Sure. You know, the pandemic. And so when we went to LA to do it, they had all these really pretty intense, um, you know, uh, rules and regulations. When we go into the village, the whole place is wrapped in plastic. They take our temperature, spray our shoes down, you know, we kind of do this, this, this dance every morning and, you know, did the masks in the studio and everything, but you know, the whole intention was to keep it kind of small. And, um, you know, so we came in there every day with this, intention to work and it was like 12 hour days in the studio martin did all the keys the the producer did all the key work on on the session he's incredibly dynamic and just um creative so i mean had some really great players on this so faster the song the title title track to the album first of all you're wearing a badass red suit and because i saw the video and there's a badass car in there as well and I, I read a little bit about something you said, which is, it is what it is. It's about fast cars. And that's rock and roll, right? <laughs> so well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the song and, you know, uh, what it's about and in your own words. Well, fa- the song Faster, um, that's when I co-wrote with Martin. And it was one of the first songs that we wrote together. I, I think Hypnotic was the first, Faster was the second. And it was like, we just started kind of coming up with this hook line, this melody. And I was like, this is like a total, this song is such a come on. It, it really is. I mean, I even say it, I'm like, come, you know, you, but you know what I mean? Like I, it's a come on, it's an invitation to, to be bold. 
Um, and then, and I sort of started writing it in like an intimate sense, like as if you're talking to a, a partner or something. Um, but, you know, when we started like sequencing the album, it felt like a, an invitation to the record because it was just, it's like the statement of the album. It's bold. It's about being bold. And to me, that's what this record is. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fat, the car thing is definitely like, you know, it's right on the nose, isn't it? It's right on the nose. And it's, it, I love the fact that it, you, you kind of picture that, that topic being more of a dude topic and you yeah, just so put it out there. You know, it's about, oh, yeah, in the video I go and I pick this guy up and <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's so funny. Cause then there's that scene when the, the car is like, you think it's me and this guy in the backseat getting hot and heavy or whatever. And it's actually me with the SG yeah. playing a solo. I mean, it's, it's kind of ballsy. It's in your face. It's like the, you know, the, uh, the role, the role reversal kind of thing. It is. It's total role reversal. I love that. Yeah. It was, Thanks. it was, it was great. And the song loud, um, you actually featured a rap artist tech nine on that yeah. track. And did you guys yeah. know each other? I know he's from Kansas city, but did you know each other growing up or? I, I, I did not know him personally, but I've been a fan of text for years. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I grew up in KC. I, I'd see his billboards when I'd be driving, you know, riding down the highway, like, man, that's like, he's Kansas city's pride and joy, but he's like a world renowned treasure. Honestly, the guy, he is so incredibly, um, you know, gifted and what he does, he's, he's really talented. I mean, he, he inspires so many like hip hop artists today and he's, he's really this incredible success story from Kansas city. And, um, so fast forward to me and Martin doing this co-writing session when we first met, he called up uh, Travis who works with tech and said, hey, is it okay if we use one of your writing rooms? And they were really gracious to us. And I got to actually go to Strange Music. And, you know, we were in there working on these songs and he goes, man, wouldn't it be cool if tech did a feature on the record? And I just sort of was like, yeah, that'll never happen. Sure, that'd be great. You know, <laughs> just, I don't know. I didn't think he would, I didn't know if he would want to. So Martin called, called them and made it happen. I was just, I was blown away. And I, I mean, I love what he did on the record. It's like, it's that song specifically, it goes through so many changes. Um, you know, it goes from this atmospheric kind of dreamy six, eight, like, you know, I almost like envision like an Irma Thomas feel to it, to this like 1970s, you know, kind of rock and roll groove to having a killer verse and from tech nine, you know, the song kind of just changes and transitions and keeps leveling up. And it was like, of course, it's a perfect song for him. And it's really the content of the lyrics. It was another interpersonal song about like, you know, wanting someone who's who you feel like maybe is slipping away from you to just speak, speak up, you know, say their truth loud, even if it means even if it's even if it's an ugly truth. It's like I'd rather have the all and the ugly than, you know, this kind of. Uh, dynamic that we've we've shifted into and then when tech put his verse down it sort of brought it into this like universal scope because he's talking about speaking you know being himself mm -hmm. and you know if you can't handle it whatever I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to do it loudly and it just brought it to this whole other level of you know just like I don't know Kansas City love and pride and joy I, I, I totally dig that song well yeah and so the last year and a half have been very interesting because on the one hand you have sort of this quiet introspection. And then there was a lot of uh, unrest in the universe as well. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, the song loud, I, I kind of felt like it was also about just 
like you said, saying what's on your mind and accept me for who I am. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of, you know, the, the choruses are kind of demanding what it wants out of the verses, you know, that you're, you, you're setting the stage for things that going away or things are slipping away. And, you know, the chorus is really just like, it's a bold statement, you know, I, I'm going to be who I am and I, you know, you either like it or you don't. And here I am. Unapologetic. Exactly. Um, And Twisted Ambition, uh, the video has uh, cinder blocks. It's a black and white striped suit, sort of in black and white in general. And tell me about the song and why you chose that imagery in the video. You know, that song to me kind of encompassed, you know, like what people know me for, you know, like this, the kind of my guitar style, but it also like leveled up in such a way, you know, to this like broader, more pop um, structure, I guess. So for me, this song kind of was like, this is another song that kind of encapsulates what I feel like this record's about. And lyrically it's, it's, it's about, you know, taking control and being empowered and being confident and being yourself and doing it without any apologies and any hindrance. And, you know, so this, you know, we went in to make the music video the director, Casey Pierce, sent me this treatment and it just, it was just such a visual, simple treatment. Like you, you know, and, and we're going to have you smashing these cinder blocks and it's going to be very cinematic, but it kind of is, you know, like the, um, the concept behind it is, um, you know, breaking the old stuff down and, you know, there's a lot of chaos and destruction in the video, but there's a cathartic, it was kind of cathartic for me and fun. Um, but it's just about, you know, breaking, breaking down people's expectations, I guess, in a way. And, uh, so better be lonely. Um, that was a live video and, um, I was listening to it and there's a little piece in there that was sort of reminding me of back into the funnel of love by Wanda Jackson. There was this little piece in there that just sort of harkened back to her. And of course I love her. Um, I guess who doesn't love Wanda, but, um, but tell me about Better Be Lonely. Better Be Lonely. It's kind of a tongue in cheek, a little bit of like a selfish, I'm a mean chick song. Like <laughs> I, I started writing it about, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a relationship song where you want somebody, but you don't want them right now, but you don't, you don't want them to go find somebody else. So you better just be lonely until I come around and I'm ready to, to dive in on this with you, you know? Um, it's it's meant to be tongue in cheek though, because like that's probably a completely selfish expectation. But we've all probably lived that in some way, you know. I like you, but not right now. And you know that's and it's it's also kind of about like resisting the urge to fall for somebody. Maybe you're just not ready for that. Um, but but it was a fun one to write. I actually co-wrote that with Jim McCormick, who's one of my longtime writing partners. And it was one of the first songs we wrote for the new record and. I just, I really dug the riff. I felt like it was something that would speak to my core fan base. You know, it has this sort of bluesy element to it, but it still rocks. We do it live and it's like people are, people chant that chorus with us and it's really cool. Well, there again, I thought it was an interesting female perspective because I think the world thinks that women are waiting to Mm -hmm. be loved. And then this was just basically saying, hey, I'm in control. And I think it's quite the opposite. I think I think women have more power and control in relationships I, than like I do too. <laughs> There's a lot more power there than 
than people think. I, um, and I love the lyrics in this song. I thought they were beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to wish you the best of luck with this album and the tour. But I wanted to ask you one last question, which is, where did you get that red suit? Because I want one. <laughs> oh, the one from the album cover? Yeah. Yeah. The designer, actually, um, the stylist is the one who introduced me to this uh, from from our photo shoot. She brought this suit and I was like, that is just so cool. Because it's actually, it's like a fuchsia magenta metallic suit with the black leopard print on it. Um, and it's just so cool because it has the cropped flair. So it's very like 1960s, you know, you wear it with a chunky platform meal, but it's called Tanya Taylor. It's the mm -hmm. name of the designer. Um, and though I didn't get to keep the one from the shoot, you know, I went and found one for myself and had it like tailored. Um, I don't know if she makes them anymore though. Cause it was kind of tough to find. Oh. I had to like keep it all together, but, but you might be able to find it. Tanya Taylor, metallic leopard print suit. They got it in some other colors too. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. I am definitely going to look that up. And Samantha, you know, it was great to talk to you again. The album sure. Faster is such a great album. And uh, I hope folks can come out and see you now that we're sort of all back in action again. And hopefully we'll see you back at Diddy. I hope so, too. Thank you. Well, I, I would love to come back to Diddy. I was actually talking to the publicist about them. Like, go do another series there. That was so much fun. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. We'll make that happen. Thank you so much, Samantha. Well, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Samantha Fish, whose new album, Faster, is available now via Rounder Records. It's a record on which you'll hear Fish venturing into exciting new sonic territory and embracing a bold rock sound. To order your copy or to learn more, visit SamanthaFish.com. And remember, you can visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content and download the official free Diddy TV app from your app store today. Liquid bleach, liquid bleach, Clorox makes clothes bright. But what about these cloudy wine glasses? Add glass cleaner to my cart. Adding Clorox disinfecting bleach to your cart. What? No, for glassware. Clorox can also make glassware sparkle, keep flowers fresh, and remove chocolate, wine, all your usual stains. Rude. Clean anything with the versatile Clorox disinfecting bleach. Discover more hacks at Clorox.com slash learn. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.